Welcome, everyone, to the next uh, Reimagining Mobility podcast. Uh, my guest today is Thomas Hutner. He runs the AVL Technical Center in California. I'm Stefan Ternutzer. I'm responsible for AVL's Mobility Technologies Corporation in the U.S. Uh, Thomas, uh, maybe to start out with, you've been now in California running the California Tech Center for us for a little bit over a year. Yep. What do you see the major differences between California and, let's say, Michigan, where you were last first? The uh, the main difference I see is uh, speed. Um, coming through my career more from a traditional engineering space uh, and now being involved in uh, all the new electrification technologies, all the new mobility technologies and working with a lot of startups, uh, which are obviously out here in California, uh, speed is, uh, is, is a, tr- a tremendous difference. Um, sometimes things need to happen from one day to the next, right? Sometimes a customer calls, can you do something for me? Can you do a test tomorrow? Yeah, when we say yes, the car shows up a few hours later and the PO is here an hour later and uh, the next day we do it. Um, I would say this is this is a huge difference. Um, another huge difference uh, is, and this is even a greater difference to Europe than, than to Michigan, is, um, there, is no, there is no crazy idea. There is no crazy idea. Every idea is good, right? And uh, speak it out, spin it, and yeah, sometimes it turns out to be a good idea. Well, then you set yourself on a good path. And sometimes it doesn't turn out to be a good idea, but that's okay too. Okay, so sort of the uh, uh, go fast and uh, fail fast mentality and then right. loop again. So very much an agile loop of consistently re- reinventing and, 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 and redoing things, right? Yep, yep. So if you if you compare, and you already brought Europe in, which is great, because that would have been my next question. But if you compare that now, because you were in China too for us uh, at yeah. one point. So if you now compare China to, let's say, just specifically California, but kind of play with China, Europe, let's say the U.S. as one Michigan or Detroit and California. So if you take those four different areas, what what are some of the interesting things that you've learned that are just different on how people in the in the mobility space are doing business with us and how we as an organization have uh, adapted ourselves to those different regions and those different customers? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Uh, it's it's. When you, when you compare the U.S. with Europe and China, uh, the, the the way the industry works, the way um, projects work, to some degree is related to uh, the cultures there as well, right? Um, and uh, having had the advantage of uh, of uh, having had jobs in, in in the U.S. now in California, in Europe, in China, the key differences for me are uh, I think America is the most innovative. Right when you think about where most of the inventions come from, well, it's it, it's here in the U.S. Europe strikes you or strikes me as a place which is innovative as well. But Europe is 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 the strength is to perfect things, right? To to make things better and better, refine them. Yeah. Um, China is very good in making things, right? And and we see that, right? When we uh, 
the things we buy, right? Most of the time when, when a lot of manufacturing is involved is all made in China, right? Uh, China doesn't strike me as the place of, of the greatest innovation, right? But, but obviously they're very good in, in manufacturing. So this is sort of the differences I see, right? Innovation oh, sure. from the US, perfectionists, the Europeans, <laughs> the manufacturers in Asia. There you go. Yeah, that's good. I like that, that's good. So maybe a little bit of a more of a uh, provocative question. Would, would California be an e-mobility technology leader without Tesla? Yeah, Tesla obviously is pretty dominant. Um, Tesla made the, the e-mobility, uh, made the electric car popular. It uh, helped uh, to, uh, yeah, it caused the, drop, the, the breakthrough of the electric vehicle. Um, we see a lot of, alternative companies here in California. Um, now, if they all make it um, is, is a big question. Um, and when I'm very honest, I struggle to answer that, right? There might be some who probably make it and some are already on a, on a very good path. Now, Rivian, for example, although I'm not quite sure if you can categorize them as a truly California company because they are very um, active and I think their origin was in Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, but but they are building up a lot of capacity here in, in California. I mean, they, they demonstrated already, they made it. Um, now there are some other upcoming ones. They, they seem to have attractive product. So it, it could well be they make it. Um, there are some others where mm, you, 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 you kind of struggle to see it, um, but it's, it, it's, it's difficult to answer, to be honest. Yeah. I think uh, the market, oh. no. Yeah, I was just thinking about, you know, I, I thought for myself uh, several weeks ago, I don't know why, out of, the, out of the blue, the thought came up about if Tesla wouldn't have started in California and if Tesla wouldn't have made it to the point where now they're, for my, in my opinion, the leading EV producer, maybe even ADAS uh, technology producer, right? Um, would California have all these other startups or would or would it be still Detroit or would it be another city right in, in yeah. the US or, or is Tesla really can Tesla really be considered the ones that brought the mobility uh, space into into California I'm not talking technology I think in Nvidia for example or maybe uh, um, some of the LiDAR companies or other type of technology or compute platform companies wouldn't be in, in California. I think they're already there. They were there before Tesla was. Um, but I'm just saying from a, from a vehicle perspective, produce, designing, producing, et cetera, vehicles, if Tesla wouldn't have been there, uh, would some of these other startups that you've mentioned even have a, a, a location or a significant location in California, right? Yeah, Tesla certainly was a trailblazer. I'm I'm absolutely yeah. convinced about that. But I think there are some other factors as well which contribute to that, right? That is emission legislation, a focus on environmental uh, issues, right? Um, so that also helps uh, with with green technology and electrification. Um, and uh, when we look at the current breakthrough of uh, e technology, especially in the mobility sector, um, I I think it. It also needed to be an outsider who started that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because the big OEMs, let's, let's, or at least that's my opinion, um, you know, when the market works, when, uh, when everybody is in a sort of comfortable space, um, there is maybe not that much willingness to completely change your, your, your business model, right? Your, your technology base, right? It's a huge investment you need to make, right? And uh, big OEMs, they probably traditional OEMs, they are probably uh, very comfortable in a space when, 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 when they know they have a long-term perspective of making money. So when somebody now comes in from, from the outside and disrupts that, right? Um, I think that, that triggered uh, all the, the movement we have now. Um, because uh, to be honest, I think the, the key achievement of Tesla is, I think Tesla made the electric car sexy. I, I, I don't know it's, uh, if that is the right word, it's yeah. a bit inappropriate, but you know, that's, that's the case. And it, I think it had to be uh, an outsider to disrupt the industry and, uh, and to, to shake it up as we see it now. So now to answer your question, um, I think the, the situation was more favorable for that in, in on the west coast to occur. True, true. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you're what you're alluding to too, which you mentioned before, is the speed, right? The speed at which uh, Tesla and now the other startups are are moving in turn made the made the, the competitive stepped up the competitive spirit mm -hmm. of the traditional OEMs, not just in the U.S. but I think globally as well. To, uh, to recognize that if you don't move fast, you're going to be left behind, right? So it's sort of speak the, uh, the fastest to new normal type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's good. So maybe to move into the next question, what, what do you see as the advantage for, for us at AVL to have a technical center, your technical center in California? Is it, is it because we need to be close to the customer? Is it because we need to learn some of that speed, some of that going fast, some of that California engineering mentality, that outside of the box thinking that, that what you mentioned before, there's never a wrong idea. Let's, let's give it a try. Let's go. Uh, is it all of those? Is it something different? Why do you see it so important that we have a technology center there? Uh, multiple reasons. <clears throat> One is related to the, the goals of our owner, right, Professor List. He wants to have a location close to his key customers. Now, with the EV market, all the new electric vehicle companies coming up here on the West Coast, I think it's key that we are close to them. And we see an advantage of that, right? We engage with them. Um, they come to us, right, for engineering services, for test services. Um, so that's that's one key element. The other element is I think AVL can learn a lot from this atmosphere out here, right? From this uh, spirit of innovation, uh, the culture of speed. Um, I think AVL as an organization is already well underway with all of, all those uh, uh, trends, uh, but being out here and and being part of it, right? And and us then driving that spirit into the organization, I think I think is also key. Um, and then another element which I see is important. There is a lot of technology developed out here, which which is maybe not necessarily directly coming out of the automotive space, right? But it could be applied to the automotive space. So being out here and and being closer to all those companies who develop those sort of technologies, right? And and seeing that more firsthand, I think is another big advantage. Hmm. 
good. So you're a you're a traditional a traditional traditional powertrain person, right? Engineering, you've done work for us in the traditional powertrain space, and then until you took the uh, the reassignment to go to uh, to California, lead our group out there. So with your background in traditional powertrain development, what do you see the the commonality between traditional powertrain development and e-mobility development and what you see as, as differences? Yeah, what do I see as differences? Um, I think there is a lot of, how should I say, maybe fear in, in, in the engineering community who is in, who is coming from, from the traditional space, right? Engines, transmissions, traditional powertrains. Um, about this, uh, the new technologies emerging now. I always think um, we are all good engineers, right? And we we all come from first principles. When we when we understand the first principles, when we go back to physics, right? We apply math and we apply all the tools we have, right? Here in EVL, we have fantastic tools, and uh, all our engineers they know how to use them. Um, I think that switch is not that hard. Um, it's uh, you just need to make your mind free, right? You need to accept the change is coming, um, and there's no way around it. It's uh, it's it's very clear where the future goes, and focus on that, and it will be good. Okay, we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, in the spirit of this podcast about again reimagining mobility, what do you see as the next thing coming out of California that's pushing and not only reimagining it, but actually reinventing it or bringing in a new, a new dawn of, of mobility, right? We're talking here about reimagining things, but let's talk, let's take it a step further past the imagined stage. What is coming out out of California that, that you see? Is it, is it flying cars? Is it uh, fuel cell powered uh, airplanes? Is it electric airplanes that I know your team is already working on for, for many years? What is it that you, that you see in the mobility space? Anything from passenger vehicles to heavy duty trucks, on-road, off-road, on the ground, in the air, on the water? What, what do you see? Yeah. I mean, some things uh, I can see, and this is actually not something that is uh, not known already, right? It's uh, you alluded to this already. Electric aviation is is on the on the edge of becoming possible. Um, so we see a lot of activity there, uh, supplying battery system, propulsion systems, uh, engineering parts of airplanes um, for for electric flight. Uh, that is something, and that is fixed air uh, fixed wing aircrafts. Um, but that is also EV tolls, right? There is a lot of uh, hype, a lot of movement around uh, EV tolls. Uh, so there is a lot of activity out here. But this this is already common knowledge, right? This is uh, um, this is a this is something which is certainly going to come. Uh, we also see a renewed interest in fuel cells, um, and uh, I have to say, not so much in the mobility space at the moment. It's more in stationary power. Um, but I, I would not exclude that this will move itself into the mobility space as well, especially when you think about uh, the limitations of uh, battery electric flight, right? Um, uh, when you think about an aircraft, uh, the biggest enemy of anything going up into the air is weight. And uh, we still struggle there with, with the weight of batteries and the energy, energy that we can provide. Um, nevertheless, we mastered the technology now of electric flight. I bet on 
uh, improvements in battery cell technology over the next few years. So when we have mastered the technology, then to switch out the, the battery cell technology, I think this is just a very small step. Um, so those are the things uh, which are certainly uh, on the path uh, to reality. Uh, autonomous driving, there's a lot of activity out here too, of course. Uh, this has, in my view, a huge potential to disrupt the industry yet again. Now the shift to electrification is a big disruption, but uh, the arrival of autonomous driving, I think, has probably the potential to disrupt the industry even, even more because... Mm -hmm. The focus of uh, vehicles uh, might not be the, the vehicle itself anymore, right? The propulsion system probably doesn't become so important anymore, right? The vehicle itself, as long as it uh, features certain necessary elements, maybe not so important anymore either. You know, top, fully autonomous vehicles, I think it's all going to be about the features inside of the cabin. Mm -hmm. This is where the money is going to be. And uh, that, that is a trend you can see quite clearly. Um, we as a company, we currently focus primarily on what makes a vehicle move. Um, we, we also focus on uh, the, the ADAS technology, uh, but, but when you have a fleet of fully self-driving cars, I think all those elements, they will become supporting systems. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's interesting you're bringing up technologies because I just read a, a news article this morning in Automotive News talking about in, in China, the, uh, the buyers of EVs, how they're essentially looking away from U.S. and even Europe uh, designed and built and available products and look much more to the, to the Chinese brands, not because they're suddenly better, but they're appealing to them much more on a, on a technology space. And I... To me, this is so obvious, and I've been saying that for a long time. This, uh, what I what I look at as technology leadership, right? It's not anymore only the looks of a car, not any only anymore what what kind of engine or now e motor or battery you have under the hood or somewhere in the car now. Um, it's now really what technology is in the in the vehicle. It's it's the features. It's it's how do we lead with new technologies? How do we lead with new innovative? uh designs from a from a feature perspective not from a from a from a design perspective as, as it relates to the looks of the vehicle right um i just recently drove the uh the tesla plaid as an example and you know it took me five minutes literally to find where can i put the car into park and into reverse right and it's now all on the screen it's a software a swiping motion now blinkers now you don't have the traditional blinker system anymore. You have buttons on the steering wheel. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing. But yeah, it's interesting you're bringing this up on how important that is. So I completely agree. Just so when you about a fully autonomous car, right? Your your e motor, your inverter, your chassis, it, it becomes all secondary, right? Yeah. But you think about all the features you then could incorporate in the cabin to entertain to occupy whatever there is no limit there is no limit right very good thank you thomas for your time okay yeah thanks for organizing that thanks for listening to reimagine mobility podcast if you like this episode please subscribe and tell a friend